there's things in the spiritual that you just don't understand yet, but this is what I want for you. I just want you to follow me. And really, and like, <laughs> I'm sorry, he's what? It was so powerful. It like literally like healed my heart. When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Have you ever been in a season where you question where God is, what he's doing, and or if he even cares about the situation you're going through? My new friend Luke lived a pretty long journey of faith through his dad's battle with MS. But in the process of growing in his own walk with God, he learned what it was like to know God personally, that he is a God who cares and he is a God who is always there. He got to know him on a personal level, hear from him, get revelations from God, even words of encouragement and knowledge for others. What started with discovering a video of Disneyland miracles through a ministry called Love Says Go with Jason Chin while he was a student at Hillsong in Australia, it became a lifetime journey of pursuing and experiencing God on a deeper level. And I just believe that you and I can too. Luke Palaz is a husband to Hannah and a father to three boys, Leo, Eli, and Luca. He works for Love Says Go Ministries as a project manager while being an arborist in the arboriculture industry as a tree climber. He obtained an advanced diploma of ministry at Hillsong International Leadership College in Sydney, Australia. Hannah and Luke both went to Reading for a year to experience the church culture at Bethel Church in Reading. And currently, Luke and his family live in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. He's involved with the House Church Network in that area. And Luke is extremely passionate about God's church and seeing his brothers and sisters come into the fullness of God and all that God has laid out before them. All right, guys, if you're ready to dive into today's conversation with Luke, why don't you join me as we talk all things from striving to thriving and how Luke crossed over from knowing God theoretically to knowing him experientially, and you can too. So guys, if you are ready for it, why don't you pull up a chair, grab that cup of coffee and dive in with us to the places between. Luke, it's good to finally connect with you. Hello, hello. So honored to be here. I'm so excited to share more of your story and I've been eagerly anticipating this for several weeks. 
purely based off of some of the resources you provided me with to dive into. And we'll get into that in a second. But why don't we start with just a little bit about who is Luke? Where do you call home? And then maybe something fun that you're celebrating right now. Yeah, Luke Palace, about 30. I live in Wisconsin and uh, Milwaukee area. And I'm an arborist. I work for my brother's tree company. And um, looking forward to uh, my book launch coming up on uh, December 16th. That's pretty exciting. First ever. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, three kids, three kids now. And uh, they are four or almost five, almost three. And then in Christmas Eve, a one-year-old. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a crazy household. <laughs> I'm married to Hannah Palace. Well, congratulations on the book. Thank you. (laughs) Definitely want to dive into your book in a second, but for listeners to know how you and I are connected, which is kind of, to me, it's one of those God stories that only God could do that. (laughs) For listeners to know, I subscribe to this thing called Love Says Go, and there's this author named Jason Chin, and he actually leads a global ministry, and I was participating in a Zoom maybe a month or so ago. And the Zoom call for me at the time was so powerful. Jason had a specific word for me on the call. And I remember being so impacted by it through the call that I tuned into in August that I was like, I'm not missing these Zoom calls. I'll be there every single one. So I helped support a ministry called Love Says Go. And maybe a month ago, I was listening and participating in another one of his Zoom calls. And it's so neat because there's people from all over the world that call into these. And I'll let you explain a little bit more of the Love Says Go ministry and your connection to Jason. But I'm on this call and I hear him talking about a friend of his that is talking about this book release that's coming up. And he's going, I don't know how I'm going to get word out or how people are going to want to read the book. And he starts telling this really cool story that I'll let you dive into. But as a side note, I end up messaging Jason to say, Hey, Jason's going to be on the podcast in December. And I'd love to have this author named Luke on my podcast as well, because it sounds like a really cool book. And it happened so fast that it was neat to like see it all transpire. And I had messaged Jason and he was like, no way. Like just because he decided to share that story, I don't even know that he had to share that in that specific call. But I just thought that was so neat. And he was talking about your job as an arborist and the miracle stuff that started happening there. And that's kind of where I'll let you share what whatever you want to share. I'd love to hear how you got that confirmation of how you should get word out about your book. Yeah. I'll let you share from there. Yeah, I'd love to. It's an exciting story for sure. And uh, one of the things I love about Love Says Go is that he teaches you how to hear God in like a measurable way. I grew up just like, yeah, you hear God through the Bible. (laughs) And that was it, if anything, you know? And uh, like God speaks, he communicates in so many different ways and he speaks in any way you value. So right when I got done writing the book, I was just like talking to God and I was kind of venting. Like, I don't really like, like Facebook or I have a Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I don't really have following. I'm not like a pastor in this like position or influential platform. But I'm like, God, I don't, who's going to read this book? <laughs> like really excited. So I was just talking to him like that. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen now. And in my mind, I'm actively like paying attention to any pictures that are showing up in my mind any like any scriptures or anything that just pops up in my mind. And I saw a ball stuck in a a birch tree (laughs) and I was like, 
this is interesting. <laughs> um, and at first I'm like, I don't know if this is me. I mean, I do tree work for a living, but you know, Peter and Axe, he was hungry. <laughs> and, uh, and then he had this incredible encounter with the Lord while he was hungry <laughs> about food. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe this is, this is something like God, I don't know, but I was just like, okay, God. So I was just leaning in and just listening and like, okay. And I felt like he was saying, Luke, I have equipped you and I've given you the skills and the understanding in the natural to retrieve things that people would be like, have it like be stuck in their life. Like if a ball was stuck in a tree, he's like, I've given you the tools to be able to go and do that. In the spiritual, like you're able to get things unstuck for people as well. Like, and I, I was like, I'm like, I don't know if that's me or if that's him. <laughs> but I was like, wow, that's really cool. And that same week I had this vision. I just kind of like stored it in my heart. I was climbing a birch tree. <laughs> I was pruning it, doing a standard prune and anything. And I didn't tell my coworkers this at all. And my coworker, Neil, just out of the blue asked me, he's like, have you ever had to retrieve a ball from a tree before <laughs> while I was climbing the birch tree? <laughs> I told him afterwards, you don't even know what you just said there. Like you're hearing from God, man. <laughs> it was just like, it was a fun joke, but yeah, it was a funny story. And I was like, wow, okay, God, that's encouraging, you know? And then like a month goes by and then uh, someone from our Love Says Go community, his name's Taro. He's from Finland. Great guy. He didn't know anything of this story as well. I never told anybody besides my coworkers and, you know, a couple of close family, but I never told him this. And he just sent this random word out of nowhere that he felt like God brought to his attention. He was like at a church building and I'm paraphrasing the, it's a, like a longer prophetic word, but like the gist of the the word that he was saying, there was a whole bunch of balls that were stuck on top of this building. And it was just like, they were just sitting there not being used. <laughs> and he's like, I feel like God's just like going to bring the balls down and you're going to be able to use them. And he was, that was really encouraging, but it was just funny that he got this very distinct, these balls are stuck <laughs> and God's going to unstuck them. <laughs> yeah. So um, that same day, so I was at work and I just got done with the job. We're moving to the next job. And I share that with my coworkers and they're like, wow, that's pretty crazy. I'm like, I, isn't it? Like, what the heck? This is so cool. It's like, God's like promoting my book in a sense. Or like, he's like encouraging me like, Hey, you can do this. And uh, I go home and I'm not even kidding. It was the same day I go home and my, my neighbor comes walking over and he has our neighbors are young family as well he came out and he's like hey i was playing with the kids and i kicked my ball into your tree and it's like stuck in your tree and i'm like wow i didn't say anything at the moment because he'd probably be like that's weird but like you don't know what just happened and uh yeah so i told jason shortly after that i was like dude this is nuts look what god's doing and then he just so happened to share it in the zoom call and then that's how i got to meet you Wow, God, you make it work in mysterious ways. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. That's so cool. Well, and it's kind of like for each of these people, even intangible, the reality of life of if you retrieve somebody's ball from a tree, then you can also be like, hey, this might sound weird to you, but I also happen to write a book. And <laughs> what do you think? Do you want a copy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, you got to get up Wow, but I just love how God confirms just over and over with things that are in our heart and things that he does prompt us with impressions and visuals and words of knowledge and all that stuff, which we'll dive into. But so tell me a little bit more about Jason's ministry with Love Says Go and your involvement there. Totally. So I would say about how many years ago is this? About nine years ago. Roughly, I started watching some YouTube videos that Jason put out there. I never met Jason, never heard of anything like this. And he just posted some videos of, 
him at Disneyland. <laughs> and it was just like some Christians that are just praying for people, like kids, you know, from 12 to 18 were getting healed of all these different things. In the midst of this, I was in this great tension because my dad, he has MS. He's, he's, he has a disease. He's had it since I was four. He's in a wheelchair. He's been bound. And, and I was kind of like in this hopeless state of Christianity where I'd like go to church and the praise reports were like, John and Pam, they got a new house or they had a baby. And all the praise reports are pretty much matching what an atheist would have too. <laughs> and I'm not doubting God's validity in those stories by any means. I'm not saying like God doesn't do those, like he loves working in those details, but I was like, where's the God of the impossible? So I was like watching these videos and I was just blown away. Whoa, it's like the book of Acts in real life. And uh, I just like started watching him and I started putting into practice his simple teachings. And I started seeing miracles left and right. It's like everything started changing my life. I reached out to Jason and I just like, dude, your content's changed my life. <laughs> I'm like a college student. I have no money. And I'm like, and he's, he, at the time he was just starting an academy online and it was like super cheap. Like anybody can do it, but I literally had nothing <laughs> like money. Uh, and he like, just, he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. And then I did the Academy and I, three years I did at Bible college. I was in Australia too. I forgot to mention it. I was in Australia at Bible college for three years. And my second year I started doing Love Says Go. And the 12 week course with Love Says Go significantly changed my life more than three years at Bible college. <laughs> That's how much like everything drastically changed in my life because it was like, the demonstration of God's power and hearing his voice in a measurable way, being free of fear, being free of just being confident in your identity as a child of God just makes everything fall into place. It's so much easier, I guess you could say. So now I work for Jason as a project manager. So anytime he has like a project coming up and I, I remember actually seeing your name because I do the Christmas projects. Uh, so anytime like, I'm like, this name sounds so familiar. Who is this? And I'm like, oh, it's because you're a partner. <laughs> and I, I, I'm the one that sends the envelope. So I just do like little random things like that with Jason. And there's a lot more too, but really just amazing just being a part of a community that loves God and just that are kind of going in the same direction. Like they want to see more miracles in their life. They want to be like Jesus in both power and character. I, I'm right there with that. I, I just love the DNA of that. So I love all of that. And that's so neat that Jason has this resource that people, to be honest, I don't even know how I stumbled on it either. It was just, I can so relate to growing up in, you know, I grew up in a faith-based home, but we believed in God and in Jesus. And we knew that there was a Holy Spirit, but it was more like the power of God's word as opposed to seeing visible signs and wonders and things that that I very much believe are active now. Um, I just didn't know that was possible. So, you know, in your book, you talk about like it's a collection of life-giving paradigm shifts that rocked your world like so much that you had to write about it. And I just think that's so neat. Okay, so your book is called From Striving to Thriving. And when does it release? So December 16th of 2023. And the Disneyland video that Luke was just referencing, I actually went and looked it up as well because I was like, that is so neat. And it's it's kind of funny because it you can tell how far video quality has come. Yeah. And he did that, but it really is. It does blow your mind. So anybody that's listening, if they want to, you can just put in on YouTube, I think just Jason Chen, Disneyland healing, and it'll pop up. And it, it is just wild what these kids get to experience. 
But the cool thing is, is that it's not just for them to experience, it's for us to experience too. And you talk about a lot of that in your book. And I know one of the things that you reference, one of my life verses is Ephesians 3.20. He could do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And you say, according to this verse, our plan is way too small for what God wants to do. Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, yeah. Where I'm at in life right now, like I'm an arborist. I love doing my job. I love my family. I love, I feel like the prophetic words have just been given to me over life and, and like the experiences I've had with God and just where God's taking me. It does something in your spirit that just like, if I did this in my own effort, I wouldn't be as rewarding knowing that God's mm-hmm. hand is not involved in this. Like it just gives you this gratefulness. I know it's like a very <laughs> mundane answer, but like it's this gratefulness. I remember Sean Bowles. I don't know if you ever heard Sean Bowles. He, I'm paraphrasing how he said it, but like the prophetic, like when you hear, when I say the prophetic, just hearing God. <laughs> and, and like when, when you have given, got words from people about where your, your destiny in God, and when you're arriving into your destiny in some way, shape or form, it's like, you know, that you didn't get yourself there by your own works. He's aligning the stars and it, it's actually humbling. Like it actually gives you the headspace where it's, I didn't earn this. He literally put this in my lap and, and it like, I can't get arrogant because it's like, I mean, sure. Yes, you can. You, you, just, you have to steward your heart, but it just, it's so humbling knowing that he's the one that's aligning the stars to make this happen for me. And I'm just so grateful. And it keeps blowing my mind. I just think about several circumstances in my own life. And I feel like Ephesians 3.20 gives us permission to dream with God. You're struggling with how are people going to find out about my book? Where am I going to tell people? And God gives you this download of like, hey, as much as you need to get soccer balls and balls out of trees for people, people need to hear this. And I'm going to show you. I just feel like it's extra confirmation for like what God wants to do. And when we trust him with our plans, when we put that back into his hands, and then he's like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to give you downloads for somebody else, like what you were talking about with Sean, like speaking a word of encouragement or something into somebody's life that they haven't told a soul. I mean, you lived that too, just recently with all the ball stories of people coming up to you saying, hey, I had this thought, but it's crazy. Like even thinking through one of the chapters in your book, you talk a lot about our thought life. And I have so, I don't want to say so many friends because I feel like we've all been there, but I do have a handful of friends that that still really are convinced that their thought life, that's all it is. It's just like a thought life and they have a really strong mind and they don't really base much of their thinking around where those thoughts come from. And I know in your book, you talk about the things that we all hear at one point or another typically tends to be kind of like a demeaning or like a negative thought of like, you're not wanted here, or you're not good enough, or you're not blank enough to X, Y, Z. So I'd love to talk about you are not your thoughts. What does that mean to you? And how does it relate to not striving in your relationship with the Lord? That's a good, good question. I like to talk about a principle and then I can get into like the practicalities of that. Sure. I would say to me, like there's this phrase that just kept on happening in my mind a while back. When you were born again, you became a newborn and that newborn turns into an infant. That infant turns into a toddler and that toddler turns into a child. <laughs> the whole time you're a child of God, but your mind has to renew 
and be transformed into that child, right? So like our goal is to look like Jesus. Like if he's like that adult mature goal that we're supposed to look like both in character, like, you know, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, like all those, you know, like what, what we all want. It's, it'd be nice to just love everybody, right? But when something happens at you, uh, towards you or someone like says something bad to you, you're like, mm. it would be nice to just have love. <laughs> you know, it would, I think everybody would probably switch it on because nobody wants to feel bad. And I think Jesus, he walked in this place where I'm like, it's just, it's the standard that we're called to, I think. But when you look at, so I have like, like I said, almost a one-year-old, a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And I see this whole journey kind of play out. It's really cool. Luca, my one-year-old, like he doesn't really understand anything right now. He's just eating, sleeping, pooping, peeing. <laughs> like he's just going through life and he's so, it's like subconscious. I would call it something different. He's just in the stage of being a newborn he, or an infant, right? Like he's just, he doesn't think. And then like, in, or toddlers and then, you know, children, five-year-olds, you know, and so on, they grow up and they actually start becoming aware of their thoughts. Or like, I mean, I don't know about maybe five or six, but you, you know, as a parent, you're asking like, why did you do that? Those kind of questions. And they getting them to think about their actions or their consequences to their actions, stuff like that. You know? So I'm using this as a principle that I just literally live and breathe. And it's all riddled up throughout my book because to me, I still feel like a toddler in so many areas. <laughs> like I'm still like learning how to not react to every situation when me and my wife are going through something, talking about something and I disagree or, you know, different areas in our life. And one of those things I would say, like in, in regards to what we were talking about or the question that you asked about our thoughts and you are not your thoughts. I think our goal is to look like Jesus, to be and believe and think like him. Paul says we have the mind of Christ. What does that even mean? <laughs> like, I don't feel like I have the mind of Christ, the thoughts that are going in my mind, you know? And I, I think this is just like the, my take on, we have a, you know, like in the, you know, the submarines, like you see this radar, it's like going like this in a circle. And if there's like something that's on the radar and it goes beep, 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 like it's getting closer. That's kind of what's going on in our mind. Like growing in consciousness and like understanding our thoughts, the type and the origin of our thoughts, like, and I think our thoughts could come from three different sources. It's the enemy, ourselves, and God. And uh, one of my friends, I'm not going to tell her, uh, tell you her name just to honor her, but uh, she's an awesome person. I also share this in my book because I just I was so captivated by the story because I could feel like a lot of people can relate to this. Yeah. She's an amazing person. She was picking up this old lady, or sorry, picking up groceries for this old lady. She found out this lady could like she was malnourished. She was not getting food and she doesn't have any family or friends and she just lives in this like home by herself and COVID happened. And then like all this, like nobody was helping her and she just took it on the burden of herself, like just to go ahead and, and do this. I was just talking with her one day and, and she found out she like later on after, I don't know if it was like a year of doing this or whatever, she found out that she was actually very wealthy, this lady. And the thought popped into her mind. Wow. I wonder if she will put me on her will <laughs> when she goes. And literally she felt complete guilt and shame. And she was like beating herself up for like, how could I ever think this thought? And when she told me this, I was like, whoa, wait, 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 you think you had this thought? Like that wasn't you. That was the enemy. Like he actually put you in there and you believed, or he put that thought in your head and you believed it. And it gave you guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. And there's no, shame and guilt for those who are in Christ. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
that's an example of like a thought and being mature and just like growing in this direction of just like recognizing thoughts like that where like this isn't true <laughs> i'm doing noble work and the enemy's trying to to make me feel bad about it what the heck is that right and just like know that you're amazing <laughs> so good and i think i mean even just if we can identify where those when god speaks to us say say it is a corrective like we're going through something and we actually do feel corrected by the lord that's always going to be a loving, gentle correction. We're never going to feel shame or guilt. And I think there's a very big difference between when thoughts enter our thinking that are condemning to the extent where we just feel super awful or super shameful or super guilty, because I think those are lies. And to be able to identify like, wait a minute, that wasn't my thought. Like my thought was I wanted to help this lady out of the genuine kindness of my heart. She really needed it. And then how the enemy comes in and twists something around. So being quick to like identify those is so good. And I think it was a powerful story, a good illustration. It actually leads me into my next question where you're talking about finding the gold in people, which is so neat. And finding the gold in humanity, because we're not, we're also not wired to I mean, I would love to say I love every single person I meet all the time, <laughs> but the reality is I don't. And I'm usually like, okay, Lord, please help me, help me to love this person. But can you talk about how finding, even just how you did for your, that friend of yours, how you're like, wait a minute, you were able to respond in a loving manner to be like, these aren't your thoughts. She probably was like, wow, I really needed to hear that. Well, you go the step further about finding golden humanity with with every way that you do ministry. You know, the love of God is what every human is craving. You say that in your book, which is amazing. <laughs> so can you expand a little bit on what does it look like to find the golden humanity? Yes. I, uh, well, it says in scripture that we are God's masterpiece and we're created in the image of God. So I think every human on earth, whether they're Christian or not, they have a piece of God. They're representing a piece of God and they might not know it yet. And that to me is like kind of like that. If they're not even a Christian yet, they're not even a newborn yet, if that makes sense, using my analogy earlier. They don't even know it. And I think it's our job, or not only call it a job, it's an honor and a privilege to just pull that out from people and like, hey, this is amazing about you. And yeah, there's just so many times where you're just like, there's ministries devoted to telling people the bad news before they can hear the good. And I just don't see Jesus doing that. Like, you're a sinner, you're rotten, you need to go, you need a savior. And it's like, I think that there's aspects of truth in that, but I think truth is like a diamond. And if you look at a diamond, like there's people that are looking and seeing, and they're like, you know, like pastors do this all the time. They're like, see this diamond and they see an aspect of this diamond or a glimmer. And they're like, do you see what I see? And they keep preaching from this like one angle that they see truth. But truth's a person. <laughs> He's not just a principle. And if you look around, if you like turn the diamond around, you'll start seeing there's so many glimmers. There's so many aspects, the way to look at truth. And truth is like just full of powerful paradigms. Like, I, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, and ultimately truth is a person. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I, I think there's Christians that, you'll see in the Christian world is it's like they are convinced that people are just rotten and they need a savior. But I'm convinced that they are so prized and like God loves them so much, but they also get, gave, God loves free will so much. And he's like, you know what? They have the option of 
choosing the path or whatever. So I'll just say it this way. I heard Chris Valentin say this one time. It's another preacher <laughs> that uh, I know you listen to, but he's like, over my dead body, will you go to hell? <laughs> and still gave people the choice to go there. That's what Jesus said. Over my dead body, <laughs> will you go to hell? And and he literally died for them. And people have an option now to choose. And uh, I just think seeing the golden people is like that verse where it says, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the reference, but it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And when you like minister in a way, or I don't even like the word ministry, but like it is ministry because there's just so many connotations attached to evangelism or ministry. It's just loving people. <laughs> what if you just love people because you love people? <laughs> like if you learn how to love, like learn, it's like an art, you know? And if you just like go after this way of ministering, where it's not like this car salesman agenda where, you know, you walk in and you're like invite people to church and, you know, you have a smile on your face, but you really don't really care about them. <laughs> like at the end of the day you do, but you don't. Like what if you actually did care about people? Like you cared about what's going on in the world and like you're in take interest. And, you know, I, I'm just thinking like there's so much gold. I, I guess I have a story that comes to mind. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Treasure Hunts. There's a book by Kevin Dedman, Treasure Hunts. And it's based off of Acts chapter nine about Ananias. He's just like a regular Christian. He's got these specific details about Straight Street, a man named Saul of Tarsus, and like all these different details. And God gave him a message to go give to this person. So he's just like in his own prayer time, God gave him a detailed instruction. Now go and tell him this person. And he obviously he was like, God, I don't know if I want to do this, <laughs> you know, but then he went and went and obeyed and it became Paul, the writer of three wow. folks. Testament, which is amazing. And so I just think it's amazing. And we get to do this as Christians. It's actually really fun where you sit down and you, you don't have to sit, <laughs> but you could, uh, you could just like pray with Christians and like, God, just give us clues to write down. And it's kind of be like a little, like an Easter egg, egg hunt where I don't know, in America, at least Easter egg hunts. There's such a delight with parents watching our kids rummage through the cupboards and, you know, like opening up drawers and just like looking for candy, you know, but to me, like a treasure hunt is like, oh my gosh, God is partnering with his children to go save the lost or to go bring hope and pull the gold out in humanity, like to let them know that God loves them and they have an intended purpose. God has an intended purpose for him. So we were doing this in Australia and I only heard about it. I just, I always wanted to do it, but uh, it's so cool. This is amazing. So I was with a group of uh, my wife at the time, who was my girlfriend, so I had Hannah and then um, a guy named Cooper and then another friend of mine. We just got together and we were just praying for clues, just writing down whatever came to our mind. And my, my friend Cooper wrote down the name Caitlin, high heels, white dress, ankle, and theater. Just whatever came to his mind. <laughs> and uh, we we're like, this is all, it's kind of weird. This is a little strange, but you know what? Let's just go out and this is, let's see if this lines up. So we're in the streets of Sydney, just like seeing if line, things would you know fall into place and Nothing really was like falling into place. So we saw some miracles, which is really cool. But like, as far as our map, our treasure hunt map. And uh, at the end of the night, we go into this little pizza pub. This girl with a white dress <laughs> comes in. And I'm like, Cooper, isn't that on your list? Like a white dress? And we were so nervous too. And I was like, you should like say her name, you know? So Cooper's like from a distance, like, hey, Caitlin, just to see if she would like turn around. <laughs> and she turned around. <laughs> and and uh, we were like like little kids, like, this is nuts. This is crazy. You're not, and she's like, yeah, do I know you? Like, and uh, she didn't have high heels on, but she had them in her purse. There was a theater across the street. And it turns out there was something wrong with her ankle that 
which she didn't really need prayer for at the time. But it was just funny that all the clues lined up. The even greater part of that is like she said she was like a like a she would even identify as a backslidden Christian. She's like, I just don't really want to do anything with God and the church anymore. Like and she said some stuff that happened to her at the church, like some Christians really burned her, like did something really nasty to her. And she's like, I'm just done. I'm done. And I was like, we would have never came up to you. Or I didn't say this, this is me and Cooper. We were talking. We would have never came up to you unless God really wanted to connect with you. Yeah. Obviously pursuing. And there was tears, of course. I was crying. <laughs> this is a beautiful moment. It was so divine. And I was like, God, this is like kind of like the Ephesians 3.20. Like this is beyond yeah. I can ever imagine. I can't believe you get to use us in this capacity. I'm just so honored. Wow. And it does something to you and you get to connect the dots for people, like the, to pull out the gold in people that they are loved by God. And it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. And what a cool story. And it's, gosh, it's so, I hear from people fairly often how they do experience the tangible, I call them like sticky notes from heaven. Oh, or God misses or whatever, where it's like, you're just crying out for some type of hope or breakthrough or something like, God, I just need to know you see me. And I think about the people that maybe don't even know Jesus, but their heart is sick. And they're just like, I just need some type of hope. And when God does something like give you guys clues to find that person, to encourage them the way that like God sees them and you can be intentional about like, God wouldn't just send us across the city or across the street to talk to you specifically, unless he wanted you to know that he sees you and he loves you. I'm so encouraged by seeing my own friends go through that, or I've experienced that. I just had a conversation with somebody super significant to me. And he had a total experience like that, where it's like, God is so intentional. And kind of like what you said even a couple minutes ago, I do believe it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So even if this girl, Caitlin, didn't have like a full salvation experience where she wanted to get baptized, like right then she was able to experience the love of God in tangible form through his children to be like, oh, he does see me. He does care about me. So I think about listeners that are listening, tuning in and, you know, potentially somebody's listening, thinking, gosh, I haven't had that in a while. And I haven't really seen God show up in that way. Like I would ask him for it, ask him to show you, like ask him to break through and give you a word for just you. And then for others that are in that position of like, I want to encourage people. I just don't even know how to, how or where to start. Like, why not try a treasure hunt? Like, why not pray and ask God, like, give me some clues of who I can go encourage today. I think it'll blow your mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I would like, add to that. Like, I, yeah. I'm very related to that. So, like when I was in Australia, I didn't, I didn't have anybody that I like knew how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. My lifeline was like what Jason Chin was teaching in these teachings and not just Jason, there's a whole world of this type of Christianity, if you call it like, so I would learn from fathers and mothers that are actually demonstrating this in their lives, like find resources. If you don't know, it's like, I'm sure actually I've creating a website for my book from strivingtothriving.org. And on my website is just a whole bunch of resources, like how to hear God. Like, okay, here's a great, good sermons or just some good, really foundational stuff that'll just get you in the right direction. And I just believe that the kingdom's like a seed and it'll just start on seed form in your life. And it'll just 
become a tree in time. <laughs> and uh, I think that's huge. It's been a huge avenue for me to like for growth uh, is just the leaning on of different believers that have success in their life and their, or whatever you're trying to go for. So I don't want to give it away by any means. Within your book, it's filled with incredible stories. You shared a few of them that I also got to read just like different anecdotes about the church and our different roles and gifts and how God assigns like apostles, prophets, teachers, all the things. But you also talk about your very real and tangible journey, hoping for healing for your dad with his fight in MS. And I specifically don't want to give away the end of the book because I want people to read it because I I think it'll impact them and their own journey. But I would love to talk about like, there's points that you are saying in your own book or in your own thinking in your journey, you're going, is God really that good though? Is he really that faithful if I'm still not experiencing that? And I'm curious, like, how would you reconcile these thoughts and keep choosing to move forward? I even just think about listeners that might be tuning in going, man, I struggle with that question a lot. It says that God is faithful in his in his word, but that's not my experience right now. So yeah, to me, I, I just want to say to you, you're not going to give, give away the ending of the book. Cause I, I like, to me, it's like, it's already kind of, I, I even remember telling my dad actually did end up passing and it was in August of 2019. And it was a holy moment, <laughs> of mm. course, like seeing anybody that you love pass. <laughs> I'm gonna start crying, sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was like really hard for many years, just like praying, like, we're like talking, like I did everything I can. I came back from Australia in our first year. I thought I was hearing God. <laughs> and I remember we had a ramp to our basement. <laughs> it was a ramp. So my dad, cause he used to be a carpenter. He'd come down and uh, we built this ramp for him and we wrecked it in faith. We just like took a sledgehammer to it. And we we're like, he's going to clean up this mess happily because he is out of a wheelchair now. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, we just believed that this was going to happen. And we just started praying and nothing was happening. And we're like, what's going on, God? Like I was just in this turmoil and I, I ended up going back to Australia. Jake, my second oldest brother, he ended up rebuilding the ramp. And I can only imagine the thoughts that he was going through in his mind. Like, cause it was me and my older brother, Josh was leading this. We're going to pray. And we had so many people praying and I actually had ended up having Jason Chin pray for him. And he still, he passed. And I'm like, there's a huge mystery over this. And I was having thoughts like, is he really faithful? <laughs> I was really like, I can't even sing this song right now in church because I'm like, really, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I was like, I don't feel the believings. Excuse me. And uh, I remember there's something that healed me. I didn't know I was having a vision because I didn't know what visions were. But like I said, through Love Cisco and like some of the ministries that I've just been a part of or just learning from, they teach you when God's talking to you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I kept on having this picture of, oh, let's see here. <laughs> let's see if I could say it. My dad was in this in his deathbed. It was just like in his bed. And there was a whole bunch of babies in this room. It was like, if you could just picture this, he was in his bed and he was just sitting there. And there was a whole bunch of babies in this room. And some were up on a stage, like gaga, goo goo, like, like that kind of thing. And like some were being breastfed by their mom. It was just this like, open vision. I was just seeing it in my mind and I just kept on coming back. And I remember I just go do stuff. And then I like, I keep seeing this thing. And then I just sat there and I just started thinking about it. And I, yeah, it just keeps coming to my mind. And I'm like, what is this that I'm seeing right now? So I just sat down and just like really gave some time and thought to it. And I realized I was becoming critical towards the church at the time too. Cause I'm like, 
there's nobody that was getting healed. There's no miracles. Like all their testimonies were just, like I said, an atheist can have these same stories. Like, where's God? Like I was getting frustrated and I was like critical. I was messy. I was hurting. I was like, my dad just passed. I have so many big mystery question marks, right? And then he gave me this picture of all these babies around. And then God just started showing me like the status. And then like, I don't know, you know, like in a PDF where it's like a USB, put this in your computer and there's like different sections. He gave me this other picture. This is what really healed me. So that he was showing me the environment of the church status in a sense where like people are not, they don't know, they weren't looking like Jesus. They were not fully mature. And, uh, and it talks about that in Ephesians 4 about the fivefold ministry. And they, it says actually says we will always remain infants without the fivefold ministry or without the apostles, prophets, evangelists. Yeah. Like that means we need like right out of the church right now is like functioning and just pastors and teachers mm-hmm. we need evangelists. But where are the apostles and prophets? So anyways, he was giving me this vision. I remember I was in this other vision. I was seeing this picture of me sitting down with my firstborn, Leo, and I was teaching him taxes. I'm like, what does this mean? Like, what does this picture mean? Like, this is such a weird, like, and I was just sitting there thinking about it. And I'm like trying to explain to, at the time, he's probably like three, like something that he doesn't even understand money, let alone taxes. I don't even understand taxes to the degree. I'm like, what is this picture guy? Why are you showing me this? And then all of a sudden something just came free in my heart. Like literally weight came off my chest when he gave me like a revelation. It was just like so simple. And it's so different when you know something theoretically versus knowing something experientially through him talking, his voice, uh, or the way he communicates. And he showed me, started showing me pictures of like Bobby Cotter, Bob Jones, Chris Valentin, these faith heroes of mine where they have to see the results that Jesus saw. And he was showing me like, I am talking to you and you're like a little toddler right now and you don't understand the things of the spiritual and you're trying to understand, but you don't even understand money yet. It was just this parallel where it's like, there's things in the spiritual that you just don't understand yet, but this is what I want for you. I just want you to follow me. And literally, and like, <laughs> sorry, he's what? It was so powerful. It like literally like healed my heart. Like I just need to follow him. And he just like, trust him, the mystery. There is like so much hurt. Yeah, like questions, and he like literally healed it all in a moment through understanding. It was like a, from the Lord, and to le- he gave me this other like illustration. All of this, literally, this honestly, these visions right here inspired my book. Like I was so excited to write these visions because it healed my heart so much. And uh, there was a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about, but this is one of those pinnacle. I can't wait the climax of the book, and this is why I talk about mothers and fathers in the faith and so much and so often in my book because. Think about the disciples had Jesus. They had Jesus demonstrate what a godly life looks like or what freedom looks like. What does power look like? And like a servant look like he gave these image. Then you find the apostle Paul say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He said it to the Corinthian church. He said it to Timothy. And I was just thinking like, if Paul said that, and obviously the disciples had that, what if we like actually begin valuing looking for people that look like Christ, not just my relationship with God, it's our relationship with him. And I find people in the body, members of his body, they're actually looking like him in the way that I'm looking for. Like, I want to hear God measurably. I want to find somebody that is hearing him measurably. I want to hear, I want to see healing. I'm going to find people that see healing every day. Uh, And there's so many, there's so many, and I'm just going to learn. I'm going to be like a child. And Jesus said, blessed are those who are like children. They'll inherit the kingdom of heaven. I'm paraphrasing how he said it. But 
Like it's like they actually inherit the kingdom of heaven being a, like a little child. And uh, like, like this whole revelation came full circle, just understanding. I'm like, I'm just like a little, little toddler in the faith, just learning to be like my father. And oh, it's so freeing. It's so beautiful. And even just how healing for God to give you that visual. I mean, your dad is healed and he is in perfect, everlasting condition, like no more pain, no more tears, none of that. And he's like, I absolutely believe that he's cheering you on from heaven. And like, I love that God downloaded such a powerful vision with so many points that it's not, you didn't even have to guess. You literally understood what God was showing you and you didn't have to decipher it, but it's like he confirmed it over and over again. That's so beautiful. And I think for people that will get your book and my encouragement to anybody that listens is like to support Luke and go get a copy of his book when it comes out in December. And I'll go out on a limb to say like, it encouraged me so much that I just know it'll encourage other people in their faith. And I think it'll encourage you in your walk with Jesus to want to grow more and create like this eagerness and this hunger for what God is doing and how you can be a part of seeing him work and do the impossible. So tell me when your book does come out in December, mm-hmm. are you going to release it just on your website or where can people find a copy? On Amazon. Um, okay. they can find, yeah, from striving to thriving and the subtitle there's, I noticed that there's a few other books called that, but the okay. subtitles renewing our minds to the mind of Christ. So mm-hmm. uh, you can find it on Amazon and on my website as well. And listeners, I'll be sure to tag that in the show notes. So if you're listening now, just go um, into the episode details and I'll make sure that you have the website and ways that you can find Luke and get in touch with him. But I do want to honor your time, Luke. I also want to honor our listeners because I know we could tell story after story of cool miracles. I don't want to give it away, but they're just going to have to read it. I loved the story of you guys picking out your son, Eli's name. (laughs) That's just like a little teaser that listeners are going to have to go pick up a copy for themselves. Um, So good. But last, last but not least, because this is a podcast about transitions, tell us what place you're between and then how we can pray for you. Oh, that would be, I guess, a, a place of transition is, I believe I'm going into ministry in some, well, I'm always in ministry, but going into a ministry in a more capacity in some way, shape or form. And I just don't want to ever like deter from just doing family well. I, I could just right now we're in a young family with my my wife. She's an angel, <laughs> just taking care of the three kids. I just want to do it as one unit instead of just me doing my thing and they're doing their. Th- like I want to do it together and to do it well. <laughs> and to me, I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm learning, but I would love some favor, some some people coming into my world. Yeah, if God can just do anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Why? Well, I- absolutely believe that you're surrounded even by the right people with the love says go team. Mm -hmm. And we'll just be praying for you and Hannah and your, your kids as, as you continue to grow and keeping, you know, I have full confidence that you'll keep God at the center and just um, ask that his blessing and his favor is over and around you and prepares your family as you step into the next season, especially with this book releasing and, sharing with the world, like, this is my story. And here's how you can know Jesus more intimately. I just think that's so awesome. So (laughs) we'll be praying for you. Thank you so much for sharing so many nuggets of your story. And 
Um, encouraging listeners. I just, I absolutely believe it could be life-changing to know Jesus on a deeper level than kind of what a lot of us grew up with. Like there's so much more. So going from infancy to adulthood in our, in our walk with Jesus, right? Yep. Yep. Amen to that. (laughs) So thanks so much for joining us, Luke. Listeners have a great one and we'll catch you again next week on the Places Between. It's hard to believe it's already Thanksgiving, and we're looking ahead to finishing the year off in just another month. Whether you're listening to this on Thanksgiving or perhaps a future date, I just wanted to give a heartfelt thank you for the ongoing support of the Places Between podcast, through shares and streams with your loved ones and friends. Most of you know how much I love the opportunity to share people's stories And as I have shared a time or two before, it isn't lost on me to have your ear and be part of your experience of walking with Jesus. I certainly don't have all the answers of life, but I do know that in God's word, it does say we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so it's in many of the testimonies that I've gotten to share that we can look to as evidence for our lives that God can do the impossible with a willing heart postured before Him. Seeing from countless stories how He graciously takes us through from one place to the next, I can't help but give thanks that He never gives up and He's always at work behind the scenes. I would also be remiss if I didn't take the opportunity to share how unbelievably grateful I am to have been entrusted with sharing people's stories. As I, too, have experienced my fair share of waiting and transitions in life, hoping that God would get involved and at least encourage my walk that He hasn't forgotten where I'm at, I'm hopeful that you've been encouraged in that way, and at the very least, you've felt seen within your own journey, too. And so today on Thanksgiving, whether it's a posture of thanks to God for bringing you to and through a new day, or if it takes a sacrifice of praise to be grateful. I do believe he will be honored by your worship. And I too just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for doing this journey with me and my guests. And I pray this Christmas season ahead is filled with joyful anticipation of all that's ahead and all that God is promising that he'll do both in and through your story too. Happy Thanksgiving, friends. Have a good one. over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of the Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.